I'm gonna go with Truist Park and for two words, Waffle House. Does your park have a Waffle House? You can get your hash browns scattered, smothered, and covered. If not, don't at me. Truest Park at number two. Go Braves. I want to at you solely based on the fact that um, my stomach and Waffle House at a ballpark would be the worst combination on this planet. Welcome to episode number seven of the Power Five podcast. I'm Kevin Williams, your host. Thank you for downloading or streaming this week's episode. On today's episode, in addition to our normal panel, we are joined by two special guests who will help us rank the top five Major League Baseball stadiums. Spring training has begun, which means the start of the season is just around the corner. We're excited for baseball getting started, and we're excited about this week's episode. But first, let me introduce our normal cast of characters. First, the fellow who wishes the Braves still played in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, Mr. Brantley Vest. I love Fulton County, man. Great stadium. That was my very first stadium. How we doing? Yeah, we're doing good, man. Doing good. Had a little uh, New York strip tonight for dinner, so that was was on point. Love it. Yeah. And next, the biggest Mets fan I know and the only person I know who has a head that a 5950 does not have a size to fit, Mr. Colin Thompson. Wearing a version of one tonight. Not exactly, but pretty close. That's an adjustable. It's like the it's like the size nine That's right perfect. there, right? It's like a sixty nine or sixty like, or something. I've got multiple <laughs> multiple clips left, so I don't want to hear it. That's not a yeah, one size fits yeah. all, right? And that's like the double X hat. <laughs> all right, and last, a man that attends Major League Baseball games just for the concessions, Christian Graver. Mr. Williams, it's my pleasure. You know what I like to say? You know, I I pick my ballparks by the size of their hot dogs. (laughs) What what about? I don't even know how to respond to that, man. Hey, relish today, catch up tomorrow, Mr. Williams. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, hey, listen, spring training just started last week. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pumped about it. I love MLB. The, just the entire season, man. There's nothing like dozing off on a Sunday evening with a baseball game between, I don't know, the Royals and Angels on in the background. We don't have a dog in the fight in that game, but it's on. It's baseball. I cannot wait. I don't know about you guys. Especially early in the season. I feel like any game that's on, especially a late game, and I love it. Just figuring out – which team, you know, the new players on each team and just figuring out who's going to be the better teams in the division. Always, always fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Used to, like, grow up watching. I don't care who the teams were. I'd eat those little circle Red Baron pizzas and watch, like, a really random baseball matchup. And that was, like, my Sunday night baseball memory. The circle red bear in pizzas as a, as a, are, are there other shapes of pizzas? There are the, you know, kind of the French bread style. There's a the circular I crust. I think, I think the, uh, extra most cheesy at little Caesars, right? <laughs> That's like a rectangle. Uh, yeah. The thin crust though, you know, if we could get a sponsor, I'd eat, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Shout out to little Caesars. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Big baseball season ahead. Um, All-star game in Atlanta this year. I've always wanted to go to one. I'm afraid COVID 
uh, restrictions are probably going to make that ticket out of out of the price range, but uh, should be a good baseball season in Atlanta. You're going to have to pull some strings, man, and, and make that happen, Colleen. Colin's going to the uh, NBA All-Star Game in two weeks, so looking forward to that. Where is that thing? In Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Next best thing. Oh, man. Hey, so we've got two two ladies joining our panel tonight who are who, who's on the MLB network, and we'll we'll certainly introduce them in, in just a little bit. But you know, before we get to our rankings, guys, you know, I think we've all got an attachment to baseball. Obviously, mine started at a very early age, um, but we're focusing specifically on Major League Baseball tonight. Does do you guys remember your first MLB game? What was it? Where was it at? Any any memories come to mind? All right, Kevin, I got, I got a story for you here. So the first baseball memory I can remember, um, Fulton County, Atlanta Braves, 1995, fairly early in the season, I, I'm pretty sure. Don't re- recall who uh, the opponent even was, but my dad got tickets, relatively good tickets behind home plate, probably about midway up. And then, you know, second or third inning, there's a there's a line of people formulating at the end of our road. And we're like, what in the world is going on here? Ended up being Travis Tritt, uh, just taking in a ball game. He had a he had a lady on each side of him. He had a low ball cap on. But, you know, I mean, that long that long hair flowing out of the back of his hat. I mean, it was undeniable. People started picking up. There was a buzz all around us. Um, so definitely, definitely uh, cherish that memory. Was there rice cooking in the microwave as well? You know, that song hadn't even been written at that point, but he probably had a little rice that morning. Maybe. Can I, can I get a line of, I'm going to be somebody from you, Brent? Can I get a little Travis Tritt? I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be somebody someday. That's good stuff, man. I that sounded it. like Rob Thomas. Well, I, I will. I love it. Fulton County for me as well, first game. Uh, would have been right along the same time, Brant, 94-95. Uh, the, two, the two things I remember about that, it was a Sunday afternoon game. We had two seats in the upper deck, two seats down reasonably low. We switched about halfway through. Uh, Charlie O'Brien was the catcher for the Braves, so it had to be about 94-95. A good year for the Braves. Well, mine, even though obviously we all grew up, you know, Braves fans, was actually Candlestick Park in San Fran before they demolished that thing, I think, in 2000. Uh, I just remember, I don't even know who they played. I mean, I was under five years old and just remember being out there, took a trip to Alcatraz. I remember eating a pretzel. Uh, So, yeah, go Giants. I was coming back from a baseball tournament that that my team was playing in Alabama, and I don't I don't know how it went down, but essentially the whole team, when we were passing through Atlanta, decided to to go to a Braves game. Right, so we're sitting up in the nosebleeds, upper deck, left field, just inside of the foul pole. I remember you could see right down on on the visiting team's bullpen. So it was Braves versus Reds tight ball game going into the ninth inning i remember rob dibble warming up in the bullpen just throwing heat back in the day y'all remember dibble the dibs what y'all know about that so dibble's warming up we get to the bottom of the ninth and brant's all-time favorite bravo 
hits a walk off dinger. Terry Pendleton. TP. Peace and peace. That's right. How about that? Man. What a great first game. Yeah, yeah, great first game for sure. Um, that was at Fulton County Stadium, obviously. Go on to see a few at Turner Field as well. Now Truist Park, definitely Truist Park over the uh previous two two ballparks. But you know, I think every one of us try to incorporate some some MLB stadiums into our road trips or into our vacations wherever we can. You know, my my wife loves doing it. Um, her family grew up doing it, so they've been to a bunch of ballparks. Um, we've been to a bunch of ballparks as a, as a result, and there's still several more that, that I'm looking forward to, uh, to going and visiting as well. What's your number, Kevin? Uh, I'm like at 12, I believe 12, 13, if you count Fenway, but I didn't see the ball game there. So, uh, 12 where I've seen, seen a ball game though. What about you? 15 for games. And that's counting, you know, some old parks that are now torn down. But 15 for games, probably probably 20 to 22 that I've seen but haven't seen games in. Yeah, that's solid, man. That's a big number. Let me ask you guys, uh, are domes out of the question for you when you think of, like, the best parks? I've never seen – I mean, I've seen a game in Milwaukee. Uh, the roof was closed that night. It was a terrible experience. Can't say how I would feel if the roof was open. Uh, but that's the only baseball game I've seen in a dome that I recall. Yeah, just curious. Yeah, so I've never seen a ball game in a dome either. But, you know, well, I tell you what, I went out to Safeco in Seattle, which is retractable, but I wouldn't necessarily call that just a straight-up dome. So, um, you know, I've never seen a ball game there, but, you know, never know. Little teaser, the Trop, Tropicana Field in Tampa, uh, balls banging off the roof. It's a nice experience. Bing. I think my count is 11. I don't think I'm missing any, but I think I'm at 11. I can't wait, man. And, uh, you know, with the kids being young right now, uh, we take a lot of local road trips, and anytime we get a chance to go see a minor league ballpark, we do the same as well. So, you know, Chattanooga Lookouts, Reds Organization, Knoxville Smokies, um, which is Cubs, you've got – um, the Bowling Green Hot Rods. I think that's a Rays organization. Then, obviously, in town, we've got the Greenville Drive. So, Red Sox organization, too. Super cool park. If you're listening out of the state, definitely come visit, man. Greenville Drive, awesome mini Fenway Park. All right, guys. Well, hey, it's about that time now uh, to rank our Major League Baseball Stadium. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce tonight's guest, Alexa Dat and Danny Wexelman. In honor of baseball season getting underway, we wanted to have some baseball junkies join us on the pod tonight, and we were lucky to convince Alexa that and Danny Wexelman to help us rank our top five Major League Baseball stadiums. Alexa that is the host of the Rundown on the MLB Network. She also hosts On the Fly on the NHL Network. Danny Wexelman is a radio host on the MLB Network station on Sirius XM and a sideline reporter for the MLB Network. She is also a sideline reporter for the National Lacrosse League and Major Rugby League. Together, these ladies also host the That's What She Said with Danny podcast. They bring you entertaining interviews on MLB's biggest stars on their lives on and off the field. You can find them on any podcast app out there as well as on the MLB Network. Ladies, it is our pleasure to have you on this week's episode, and thank you so much for coming on the Power 5 podcast. Oh, we are so excited to be here. Anytime 
someone wants to talk to us, I feel like is a surprise. Normally we're the ones who we have to come up with the questions. So it's kind of nice to be the ones who get to sit back and answer them. Yeah, it's a bit of a role reversal, but <laughs> we love it. So thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. I know you guys are super busy spring training, just getting started up, but I know you guys are living the dream. I mean, what a, what a job to be around the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, that's our favorite part, right? As close as you can get to the game, that's where you want to be. And uh, unfortunately, this season, we aren't able to be there at spring training, but we know that in the future, we're going to be able to be down there and be with the guys. So uh, mainly right now, we're just looking forward to game starting and and talking about baseball and reporting on baseball and uh, and watching it all unfold. And we've talked about this too. There's so much content out right now. There are so many people who are letting us know what's happening, what guys are wearing, what cars they're driving, what they're saying. So it kind of feels like you're there, even though we're not able to be there. So I think that we're grateful for the people who are um, in the positions to bring us that content and, and make us feel like we are at spring training. Because spring training is a unique time. And it's a time you get a chance to talk to these guys um, before they have to really put on their serious faces. And yeah, they, they're in the best shape of their lives. The right? best shape of their lives. Yeah, every single one. They're light, they're loose. It's a different feeling than the regular season. But I feel like everyone who's at spring training is, is trying their best to bring it to us. Hey, what is Bryce Harper wearing right now? Asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, probably some kind of headband, no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Bryce is trying as hard as he can to promote being on the Phillies and being like a local boy without really being a local boy. Oh yeah. Las Vegas, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, Pay the man. Yeah. Las uh, Pennsylvania. Harper's, Harper's coming off an off season <laughs> of being straight dad life though. So he got to, you know, easily incorporate himself back into baseball and uh, figure out that switch to flip for sure. Oh Yeah. I hope it takes him a little longer to find that switch personally. <laughs> Look, I'm a Philly boy who grew up in the upstate as Atlanta Braves fan. So I kind of got ties to both the Phillies and the Braves. It's a very weird year every year when I'm rooting for somebody to win the division and the wild card. So you I must be a huge fan of JT Romney. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think I think it was Mitch Williams that got you hooked on the Phillies, though, right back in the day, Christian. It was Mike Schmidt. Oh, okay, well, Schmitty with the Powder Blues, absolutely. <laughs> who who doesn't fall for the Powder Blues, though? Honestly, the best. Like, I'm a, I know I do. When it comes to those, no doubt for sure. Well, man, we could talk baseball all night, but I know your time is is limited. And just before we get into our rankings, which is is going to be – I'm anxious to hear you guys' take since you guys have probably been to every baseball park out there. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting those. But we've got a couple rapid-fire questions here. Uh, Danny, we'll let you take the first question, and then, Alexa, it'll be the same question right after that, okay? Is that cool? Got it. Yeah. All right, here we go. First question. Which team did you grow up cheering for? Oh, I love this one. So I'm from St. Louis, born and raised, hardcore. Uh, you don't get a choice. You are a Cardinals fan. So I grew up watching the St. Louis Cardinals. Easy. Yeah. Still love them. They're, they're, a, they're an easy team to love and watch. And, and I, am, I am not in the crowd that says we are the best fans in baseball. I'm not part of the we anymore, but... Um, they're smart fans. They're they're passionate fans and they're intelligent fans. And they get they get knocked around, but 
Um, listen, if you're playing the Cubs at Bush Stadium and the Cubs are winning, I guarantee you the guy sitting next to you wearing his Cardinals jersey is going to buy you a beer. I promise you that. And there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, that's just a foreshadowing for her top five ballparks. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler we alert. totally understand what she's talking about. Lexa, same question. All right. I grew up in D.C., so since the Nationals didn't exist at the time, I was a huge Coward and Jr. fan, um, and Camden Yards was where I was at. I went every year uh, following all those guys. Uh, Brady Anderson was my dude, Rafael Palmero. It just it melts your heart. Utah Street, anyone jacking one over the brick building um, and, and the Oriole Bird running around. Uh, and again, we'll get to that more in ballparks, but uh, I grew up a huge Orioles fan. Love it. Cal Ripken Jr., respect. For yeah, sure. no doubt about that. Camden Yards is a place I haven't been, but I'm looking forward to visiting at some point. Yeah. All right, so who was your favorite player growing up? I know, Lexi, just mentioned Ripken, Palmero. Um, Danny, what about you? Uh, Ozzie Smith is uh, a no doubt about it guy. Um, I was lucky enough to watch a little bit of him um, and see the magic and, and see the wizard. But I, I got to interview him in Cooperstown for an old timer softball game. And you rarely get nervous interviewing athletes, celebrities. Uh, that was someone I was super nervous for. And he's just a legend. He not only, you know, was the face of the game, the face of the Cardinals, but he still gives back. I adore him. I think he's an incredible person and um, one of the best to just watch and entertain, right? We talk about let the kids play, let make baseball fun again. Like that guy is the definition of that. Yo, oh, the flips. Griffey was all of our favorites growing up. Do you guys not agree with that? Griffey was the lefty, that southpaw with that sweet swing, the backward yeah. bat, that shirt. Oh, yeah. Rock, the 24 on their back. Mariners, the day you die, you didn't even know who else was on the team. You were just like, this is a Griffey jersey. And <laughs> That's right. So Bruner, cool. Bruner, Jay Bruner is the only person Jay I can even think of. It's oh, a Bruner. Love so it. Yeah. But Griffey, man, love it. such a great swing. The Seattle version of his swing. I don't That's know right. about the Cincy That's version. Right. Hey, Alex Cora, A-Rod. That's right. We got lots of Mariners back in the day. All right, next question. Uh, what is your go-to concession stand item if you are a spectator at a ball game? Yeah, mine's nachos, and you got to throw the jalapenos in there. Oh, sure. dude, extra jalapenos. No spicy. And I hope the cheese is spicy, too. Yeah. Alexa and I's favorite together, if we're going to the ballpark together, we, we've talked about this, is popcorn. Yeah, but, like, we put the big tub of popcorn in the plastic bag so they pour more popcorn in the bag. It's Come the on. one that you get <laughs> refilled because we'll need it refilled. That's right. Pick um, of the tray. I'm, I'm a classic, like, hot dog girl, kosher dog all day long. Like, popcorn's good, but, but hot dog, got to have at the ballpark. I am a ketchup, mustard, relish girl. Come at me. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> you know, full hot dog, and I, I will fight anybody who disagrees with those toppings. Hey, no disrespect for me at all. How about ice cream and a mini helmet? Yeah, that's pretty. We love ice cream for sure. Big Collect big. the helmets. That's classic Greenville Brave yeah, okay, style back question. in the day. What do you do with those helmets yes. afterwards? You take them home, yeah, <laughs> where they are on your mantle, like them, <laughs> or do you do? Yeah. What do you do with them? Uh, I used to uh, <laughs> wear them. Yeah. I have a really small head. Yeah, I just like to collect things like cups and like those little mini helmets. And then I got married and my wife is like, throw everything away. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. You're sure. going down again. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that's fantastic. All right. Hey, a couple, couple other questions here uh, in our rapid fire segment. Can you give us a little national league and ALA or excuse me, national league and American league champ prediction? I mean, way too early, obviously February 23rd on night of recording. Uh, can we get a prediction on that? I mean, Danny and I were just talking about this today. It's very hard to see the Dodgers not repeating. Definitely. 100%. They're the National League favorites. And, you know, adding a guy like Trevor Bauer um, just rounds out their rotation even further. But like, also, I think I speak for both of us yeah. in saying that what the Padres were able to do this offseason, despite everyone loving to compare, I think that they got gritty guys. I think the I think that the Padres have uh, this X factor of guys. But can guys. you put them as the NL champs? That's I, the question. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that they are going to give the Dodgers a run for their money. Of course. Ooh. But it's the Padres over the Dodgers. I want to see the Padres over the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I do. Want I like to see it. That. Spicy. American League. Uh, White Sox. I think the White Sox stick out to me. I think that their offseason was like heavily loaded. I was a fan of what they did. Liam Hendricks, we had him on the podcast uh, earlier last year. Yeah, talk about a closer. That guy is, you know, not only does he say he has to earn it, which is ridiculous because he's one of the best closers in the game. So for him not to go out there and just be the number one guy is ridiculous. Um, the Yankees are always, I think, contenders no matter what. Um, yeah, but did the Yankees do enough? I like the Yankees, but I don't know. They do We're enough. not arguing about this. We're just <laughs> – <laughs> You got a lot of Braves fans sitting here with blank stares. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're just waiting for you to say, but the Braves are going to, you know, shock the world here. I wish we could say that. I don't think I the don't tough think, part is yeah. that the NL East is going to be such a dog fight this yes. year. Yes. Incredible. Literally four teams that can win that division. Yeah. And I don't know that any team that comes out of that division is going to survive enough to work to the World Series. I just don't see it. I agree with the Dodgers take. I was crushed when they signed Bauer because, I mean, they were already deep and had one of the best staffs in, in the league. And then you add arguably the, the best pitcher in the or one of at least top three. Scary, scary rotation. Remember yeah, when the Braves were up right. 3-1? <laughs> oh, man. I do. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, but as a Braves fan, you weren't as crushed as the Mets fans. They took it real hard. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Beat the Mets. We got a big, big Mats fan on the pod. <laughs> Erroneous. Big Seinfeld guy. Well, that's that's gonna it's gonna be interesting to to see how it plays out. All right. Well, now we're gonna move on to to our stadium rankings. We've got Christian leading us off tonight. Uh, gonna come in and, and and give us our number five ranking for our top five stadiums. So here we go, Christian. You're up, man. Number five. All right, coming in at number five for me is got to be my hometown park and that Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, home of the Phillies. Uh, really, I like what they've done to the place. Uh, took that 19-foot-high Liberty Bell and displayed it outside where they did their renovations. My boy Bryce Harper making that town look better every single day. I mean, I, I can't complain. I, when I was growing up, you know, I was going to Phillies games and then came down here to be a Braves fan. But I got to show some respect to the Phillies. Uh, beer garden up there, really nice. Good pizza. You can't beat it. So I just got to show a little respect for, for where I was born. 
All right, number five for me. Um, prob- I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no one else has this stadium on, on the on the pod. Tropicana Field, home of the then Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I spent a good portion of 1999 in Florida and went to several games. Um, you had Fred McGriff, Wade Boggs, Jose Canseco on that team. I mean, functionally speaking, it was terrible. There was foul balls banging off the roof. But, you know, as a, what, 14, 13-year-old kid, it was just a good summer for baseball. So it uh, has a good nostalgic feeling for me. Uh, So number five, Tropicana Field. Dude, that's off the grid. Off the grid. I I didn't didn't think we would see that. All right, Colleen, number five. I'm I'm trying to get over the disgust of that pick. I mean – what a terrible stadium. Uh, but number five, I'm not going to steal um, Alexis Thunder for later, but Camden Yards at number five. Two things that stick out about that park, called a Tony Womack home run ball in batting practice when I was there. And the usher, as he took us to our upper deck seats, wiped off the seat, sprayed it with a little cleaner. Man, I was just so impressed by that. It stuck with me some 16 years later. Were you there on your road trip with the rabbi? Yes, we yeah, were there. I remember twice actually that week. You used to get a you get you guys got there like for BP every game, right? Absolutely, I heard that. All right, Alexa, you're up. Number five. All right, number five. I'm going to take it up north to our northern border friends and say the Rogers Center because to me, I was able to go on the catwalk up there. You know, looking down, bird's eye view of the stadium. The roof was open. You see the CN Tower right through the roof. It has to be roof open. It's not a stadium without the roof open with how gorgeous it is. Because the CN Tower basically looks like it's leaning into the stadium, which is pretty incredible. Um, And how loud it gets in there for, you know, Canadian baseball fans who are just dying to root for a team. They only got one. They're all showing up there. uh, And it's an absolute blast. So Roger Center is my number five. Nice. All right, Danny. Me. So I was going to go with Dodger Stadium, but I just made a last minute uh, uh, audible. I'm going to I'm going to say Marlins Park, thinking about it more. Uh, Marlins Park is so underrated. And I feel like because Florida is not necessarily the baseball capital of the country, uh, nobody really thinks twice about it. And the team hasn't been that great for so long. But the park is beautiful. It's one of like the most pristine stadiums I've ever seen. When the roof is open, the wind is coming in. It's like a dream to watch baseball in that like beautiful weather. Um, and I, I think that there's just an air about it that makes it really special. And now that that team is younger and feisty, um, there's something to say about being in a gorgeous brand new park with like gritty baseball players who just want to get it done. So Marlins Park is is number five for me. All right, I like that pick. Okay, coming in at number five for me is Nationals Park. Obviously the the National Stadium. Love the cherry trees that they've got just kind of lying in the outfield. Um, the terrace there, I think the concessions there are fantastic. You know, I remember back in 2019 going to that park, Braves Nationals, Scherzer, Soroka. Soroka just shoving that night, three-hitter. Braves win five to nothing. Uh, Electric atmosphere, a lot on the line, big pennant race going on. So coming in at number five for me, Nationals Park. Number four. 
Well, coming in at number four for me, I'm actually going to go with Dodger Stadium. Uh, I think it's just a classic, uh, really the mid-century modern type ballpark, probably the only one still left in baseball, to be honest with you. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it's just kind of legendary how it looks. I mean, it, it looks pretty simple. I'm sure they're going to be doing some renovations there, but just a big fan. It takes me back to the days of playing a little MLB on on the old N64, maybe a little PlayStation, and just you know looking out to the outfield. And it's just a just a kind of nostalgic park. So number four for me is Dodger Stadium. Love that pick. All right, number four for me, Citizens Bank Park, um, home of the Phillies. Christian, good call there. I've been there once. Colin and I actually uh, were in New York staying with my friend Hannah and just randomly one night was like, Hey, the Braves are in town in Philly. So we took a train, went to Philly, um, had great seats. And I recall actually Colin and I, you know, we're, we're trying to put our hands up in the air to buy tickets. We didn't have tickets. And um, I guess rules are very different there from South Carolina uh, at Clemson games and stuff. So a cop on a bicycle, practically, you know, bowled us over to tell us that what we were doing was was absolutely not allowed. And we had to walk out a certain, you know, away from the stadium. I don't even remember who won. Colin, you got any idea there? Yeah, Braves won that night. The other thing I remember about that night is I had to buy like a women's long sleeve t-shirt because it was freezing and there was nothing yes. there was nothing else that wasn't two hundred. Why is this a theme uh, we, with you? Can we yes. make a note? So you bought you bought a women's shirt in the Phillies in ballpark Tampa. and then in Tampa <laughs> Panatti, two women's yep. sweatshirts, Colin. Yep. I don't know, man. I guess I know you do it, man. Got some, explaining, got some explaining to do, bro. Yeah. That's it. Number four, Citizens Bank Park. Number four for me, Kevin, you just referenced it, you know, probably the last professional sporting event I went to prior to COVID, uh, Nats Park there in 2019. It always carries a little extra juice when it's kind of getting late in the year. You know, it was mid-September, had a little playoff feel to it. Um, So Nats Park at four. All right, Alexa, number four. So I'm going to go with Dodger Stadium. And for me, I was there working a show called The Cycle where I interviewed Mario Lopez outside. So it was a superstar status outside of the ballpark. And then you get in and the how steep the stadium is, it kind of reminds me of like a college football type atmosphere. And the fact that, you know, you have everyone in the upper deck has noisemakers and, you know, they're dressed up and they're going crazy. The whole Latino community there is outrageous, all drinking with geladas, having an absolute blast. Um, and then being in the dugout, Kike Hernandez was freaking out anytime I'd pull my camera out. He just was, he wanted to be a star and, and you know, put on a show. Um, Justin Turner was the exact same way. Those guys love to have a, a good time in the dugout. Um, and then kind of watching the sunset there over the mountains, as you can see from the, you know, the dugout from anywhere really in the stadium, um, really gives you that, that L.A. vibe. So for me, it's Dodger Stadium at number four. I love it. So number four for me is Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City, home of the Royals, and a stadium that I think a lot of people just assume is a flyover place. But Kauffman, first of all, has like the biggest LED um, uh, board scoreboard I think in the league at this point. They just upgraded. It's you know right next to Power and Light, which is an incredible place to go out, have a good time. The fans are awesome. Kauffman shares 
as a, uh, a parking lot with the Chiefs. So obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Everyone knows who they are now. Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas. They share a parking lot. So when both teams are playing in October, it's the most electric place. The best tailgates in the country, I will vouch for this, happen in Kansas City, Missouri at Kauffman Stadium, um, at, at the Chiefs Stadium. And I... I love that place. I think that it's just magical and the people are great. Um, it's great vibes. Kauffman stadium coming in at number four. Love it. Love it. Road trip. Solid pick. All right. Now my number four pick is uh, a bit of a Homer pick. I've got Truist park, Atlanta Braves. I love how, how packed in the, the ballpark is the batteries a great area for my kids. I mean, they love going down the big slide down there. You got the big screen, you got lots of, you got like a little water play area. So great area to, to, to grab a bite to eat before the game, after the game, whatever. Um, but just truest park, man, love getting those King of pops popsicles. If y'all haven't done that, make sure you do that. It's like a $4 popsicle, but worth it. Pretty solid pick. So number four, uh, truest park. Number three. Well, it's your cousin from Boston. Coming in at number three, it is Fenway Park, the green monster, the right field corner seating, you name it. This is a bucket list park. Um, you know, I, I know it's probably not ideal. It's it's not like your your modern stadium as far as space goes, but I think that's what makes it so special. Really the oldest ballpark in major league. So, you know, not not a big fan of, of AL, but like when Boston won that World Series, I mean, that was huge, you know, in my lifetime. So got to give it up to Fenway at number three. Love it. All right. Number three for me is Coors Field uh, in Colorado. Um, so my wife and I uh, were vacationing in Colorado, went to, um, went to a lot of state parks and, and stayed with some friends and, and uh, hit up a Rockies game. Um, in true tourist fashion, um, the, the tenant there was kind of, you know, had a little stick, but anyway, it was a good time at Coors Field. The sun sets over the left, uh, left field wall. It was a beautiful night for baseball. Uh, and, and that park is, is really, really nice. That John Denver was full of it. <laughs> Great pick, Brent. Uh, definitely on the bucket list. Uh, coming in at three for me, Homer pick. Uh, yeah, Kevin mentioned everything that needs to be said, but Truist Park. I uh, love the new setup. Only been down there once uh, so far, but uh, looking forward to getting down there some more. Hey, hey, you're in Greenville now, man. Two hours closer. Can't beat that. Absolutely. There we go. You can buy tickets now, by the way. I was scouting them out the other day. All right, Alexa, number three. Uh, all right, number three for me is City Field. I worked there from 2014 to 2016. Um, very similar to Citizens Bank Park, you guys have mentioned. They have a replica field um, called Kitty Field Outback, which is pretty cute for all the kids to run around in. And they've got a, an actual scoreboard that shows everything that's going on in the game, which is pretty cool. They've got all the local cuisines, a lot of New York flavor, um, you know, delicious food from all of New York at the, you know, there at the ballpark and delicious, you know, ice cream, especially in the helmet, which you can take home with you. Uh, But I was lucky enough to host the World Series there and be on the field with all the guys, Um, you know, not only for the World Series, but like the wild card game, it was, you know, Bumgarner versus Syndergaard. So just watching the two of them come out and getting ready to do battle was a moment I'll never forget. 
Love it. Colin may be outraged that that you only had City at number three. Uh, he he def- <laughs> that's definitely his top ball ballpark. <laughs> it's a good one for sure. It is been, a good one. Been there, not in the top ten, Kevin. So don't come at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, number three. Number three for me is one that might be controversial to my friends back home in St. Louis, but Wrigley Field is coming in at number three for me. The history alone in that place, despite the fact that it may need a facelift, a massive facelift, and the the clubhouses are what they are. I won't comment on uh, any more adjectives describing them, but I just think the fact that there have been so many historical moments that have happened at that ballpark. They didn't have lights until 1988. They couldn't play night games until then. And, and just the fact that the people who have come through there, the names that have come through there, the Ivy that exists there, I just think it's a really special place. My grandpa grew up in Chicago, despite being from St. Louis. So his name is written on the bricks after they won the World Series. And, um, you know, he talked, all I heard my whole life growing up was Moises Alou. My grandpa talks about Moises Alou, like left and right, up and down. And, um, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan, but but there's there's a little bit of uh, Cubs blood, I think, that runs inside of me. But I think Wrigley is an incredible place. Um, Wrigleyville is special. And, and just the city, you know, the north side is, um, I don't know, it's something different. There, there's something in the air, especially in the fall, that, that makes Wrigley a really special place. Do I need to edit that out? Like, I mean, I heard you say that you're a Cardinals fan with a little bit of Cub <laughs> blood. Do I need to edit that out? I mean, is that going to get you in trouble? No, I'll be all okay. right. Okay. All right. All right. You're owning it. I like that. Own it. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. Wrigley's my number three pick as well. Like, I just remember being so excited as I was riding the the train, you know, up to the ballpark. And uh, as my wife and I, we got we were in town. We got to see them play the Reds. They lost that night. But, you know, there's so many things that get hyped up, I feel like, sometimes and, and overhyped and – um, ultimately lets me down or lets whoever down uh, when when they get to experience it. But Wrigley did not let me down. I, I was just in, enthralled with the entire atmosphere. Uh, Wrigleyville was was obviously very cool. I remember, you know, I've been to a decent amount of ballparks, and I felt like at that time uh, I was able to get like closer to the to the players like during BP than than, than most. Uh, I felt like the players were very accessible down there. So obviously the kids were down there getting autographs. Uh, big Joey Votto was the was the superstar <laughs> out there at that that evening during BP. But uh, Wrigley Field coming in at number three for me. Number two. Well, again, a little bit of a homer pick here. Going to go with Truist Park, and for two words. Waffle House. Does your park have a Waffle House? You can get your hash browns scattered, smothered, and covered. If not, don't at me. Truest Park at number two. Go Braves. I want to at you solely based on the fact that um, my stomach and Waffle House at a ballpark would be the worst combination on this planet. (laughs) Look, you could wash it down with a a King of Pops and a Terrapin brew. Yeah, you wouldn't see me the rest of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, touche. All right, Christian, I'm right there with you. Number two is Truist Park. I couldn't leave it off the list. Great ballpark. Very just, I mean, I like Kevin, I think, mentioned it's it's tight. It feels very, um, it's just romantic at Truist Park, man. It's just, I love it. I love everything about it. Terrapin uh, Brewery and 
uh, right field is a great spot. Just love the battery. Great spot. Number two, Truist Park. Hey, I just thought of a negative for Truist Park. I don't know how you feel about this, Brent. The parking is a nightmare. You got to stay if, at the hotel. You got to stay. At the okay. Western. All right. Well, that's good. That's the a good point. If, if you come up with some tickets like day of game or something like yeah, that, exactly. you're going to be in a pinch for sure. Yeah. Coming in at number two for me, the big ballpark in the Bronx, the new Yankee Stadium. Uh, didn't get to a game in the old one, did see it, but um, going with the new Yankee Stadium, have toured it and been to a game there. Just love the history, the way they you know carried some of that over into the new park. Just just loved it. Really good time there uh, a couple years ago over the summer. So number two for me is Fenway. And while maybe not every seat is the best seat in the house, I will say that the memory of me being there for A-Rod's last game against the Red Sox was pretty incredible. Hearing Red Sox Nation chant A-Rod's name was something that I will absolutely never forget. They also hired a, I think, a Aretha Franklin lookalike to <laughs> put at, at shortstop at second base. She was just there in the infield and she sang respect before the game. The whole thing was just so bizarre. The amount of, of you know, courtesy and respect that they showed the legend A-Rod, who was such a huge rival to them their entire career was so bizarre to me to see, but also it lets me know how big of, you know, uh, baseball fans that Red Sox are, um, you know, not only the pesky pole, but that same feeling like you were describing at Wrigley Field, you feel like you're really close to players there at Fenway. Um, and and those, those players, I feel like play with such a passion um, and the fans show that passion too. So Fenway's number two for me. Can we get a sweet Caroline? Bum, bum, bum. No, no, I can't. I can't go that far. Okay, Tusha. <laughs> um, mine is also Fenway coming in at number two. My first experience there, I went on a girls' trip and I had to beg them to go. I said, "You don't understand what this would mean to me to be able to go to this park. I've, I've, I've grown up in the Midwest. I've only heard about this magical place that is Fenway Ballpark." And, you know, you think Wrigley is, is this magical place. Fenway is 10 times that. Um, when you see the, the giant flag that comes out and, and when they, you know, they roll it out, if you're lucky enough to be at a game where they do that, it is like your hair is standing on your arms and your back and your neck. And you just can't believe you're lucky enough to watch uh, sports in a place like this, this heavenly place on earth. And I've worked there as well, sidelined a game. Um, and just to have that experience to be able to like be next to the green monster and know that like every single person that's ever meant anything to the game has been in that, has signed that, has been on this field, walked on the same exact field as you. Um, but also to con- just to consume baseball uh, in that space, I think is um, just the most outstanding thing on earth. And it would be my number one if I weren't from St. Louis and, and grown up in a place like that, it would be number one for me, but Fenway comes in at number two. A little teaser there, Danny. <laughs> you know, we have the, we have the Greenville drive, which is the Boston Red Sox farm club here where we live locally in the downtown area with the green monster, the miniature version. And, you know, we saw guys like Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley jr. So it's been pretty cool to see them come through. That's a really cool stadium. No doubt. Yeah, there was a there was a big article in the paper the other day about the drive. The schedules come out. They're playing six game series. I think 
you know, day one is is May the first. So um ticket package is coming out soon, man. I'm I'm dying to go see a live ball game. So definitely be there. Uh love that pick. My number two pick is Dodger Stadium. Got to see them, I don't know, I think it was like 2014 or so. They were playing the Tigers, little interleague game, and we flew in that day. I had In N Out Burger for the first time. Definitely not overrated. I thought it was dandy. And uh, drove on in, you know, ever since I experienced that L.A. traffic driving into Dodger Stadium, I've not complained about traffic on Woodruff Road at all. Uh, that's our highly congested area in, in Greenville, <laughs> Alexa and Danny. But anyways, Dodger Stadium, man, it's just so vintage. It's retro. That's the word that comes to mind when I think of Dodger Stadium. It was just a cool spot. Um, they had these, they had this one of a kind concession item I picked up. It was called a Kulaku, which is like their version of an ice cream sandwich, except the ice cream sandwich part is actually oatmeal cookies and they dip the whole thing down in chocolate. So it's a, that's a fat guy's delight. But anyways, coming in at number two, Dodger Stadium. Number one. Well, coming in at number one for me, it's it's Harry Carey, it's Sammy Sosa, it's the Poison Ivy, it's the WGN matinee game, it's this Wrigley Field, Chicago Cubs, Cubs win, Cubs win. <laughs> Pretty spot on it. Uh, that is, man, that's brilliant. That's great, Harry. Um, all right, number one for me, I mean, I knew this would be a theme at the top of, the, of most of our list, but it's got to be Fenway Park. Um, I think Danny said it earlier, heaven on earth, perhaps. Um, just a great park, Yawkey Way. I don't want to steal everybody's thunder if they're, they're going to talk uh, through this, but and Yankees Red Sox. What, that was, I'm that, so glad I checked that off the bucket list. Uh, won uh, Lotto and, and got to, to see that. Um, and, been, and now I've been to two games at at, uh, at Fenway, so just I had to put it number one. Number one, Fenway Park. Great pick, Brant. Number one for me, Fenway as well. Obviously, we were on that Yankees trip together. Uh, cool moment from that was getting to see Mariano Rivera warm up uh, right there in front of our outfield seat. And, and somebody was talking about the respect the Red Sox fans have for some of the great ones. That was the same that night. Been on a few tours there. Got to go inside the scoreboard. Got to go inside the press box. Uh, really love that. And just a little fact, original cost for Fenway, 650000 to build, which I think equates to about $17 million, $18 million a day. So kind of a unique fact there about Fenway. I'm going like to give a little mention to Nats Park just because I love it. <laughs> Danny and I went for a playoff game. We drove down from New Your York. Your first playoff game there. Our, my first playoff game there. Yep. There and back in a day. And we had an absolute blast. Thankfully, the Nats won or our ride home would have been a, a little Ooh. bit of a disaster. Boys, we would have been walking home. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Early Ws. But, but number one for me is Camden Yards. I grew up going there. I fell in love with baseball there, and I ended up being there for not only Eddie Murray's home run, but I was there for Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's record. So it doesn't get any better than that. When you see the brick building and you see 2131 drop down, it's the most iconic moment to me for my entire memory for a, a, as a baseball fan. Um, Cal hitting the homer, too, and running around uh, on the warning track. The fans just absolutely adoring him. Uh, there, there wasn't a better moment for me in baseball than that. So for me, it's Camden Yards. 
Plus, if you haven't seen that brick building, come on, it's super iconic. You got to go check it out. Uh, you got to be a big Nick Marcakis fan too, right? I do like Nick Marcakis. Yeah. I mean, I've I've, switched over to the Nationals once they came to town only because I was at opening day and the Orioles uh, hadn't been there in a while. But um, Nick Marcakis is a solid, solid guy for sure. My number one is Bush Stadium. And if Old Bush Stadium was still around, I'd pick Old Bush Stadium. But Bush Stadium, St. Louis Cardinals, I think that a lot of people assume that Cardinals fans have been spoiled. But when you grow up in the Midwest and you're landlocked, you don't have a lot of other things that you really can sink your teeth into when it comes to everyday life. And the Cardinals have provided entertainment, something to do, something to look forward to, good personalities and and tradition. And people just hate on tradition and hate on the idea that um, people buy into that. But that's what you do when you're from the Midwest. You buy into tradition, you buy into good people, honest people. And that's kind of like the name of the game when you're from a place like St. Louis, Missouri. And I think that you should hang your hat on that. Bush Stadium, I was there. So I watched game six in Columbia, Missouri. I was uh, still in college at Mizzou. And game seven drove into town about an hour before first pitch and went to a bar uh, right next to the stadium. The Cardinals win. They open the stadium doors. They let fans rush in. I watched the post-game ceremonies um, on the field about 15 rows up. We just bum rushed and, and everybody let us in and let us join in. I didn't have tickets to the game. Um, it's, it's a magical place. It's a magical city, uh, ballpark village now exists right next to the ballpark. So you can go and have a great time, listen to good country music, um, and down some, some good Bud Light uh, as we all do in St. Louis. And I think that if you're a baseball fan and you haven't been to Bush stadium, you haven't been to St. Louis, then you haven't been to a, a, uh, top level, next level baseball stadium. Danny, I wanted to get the old bush on my list in respect yeah. to the cookie cutters, but it was literally the hottest game I've ever been to in my life. And I could not I could not put it in the top five for that reason alone. Yeah, we sweat a lot, man. We sweat a lot in St. Louis. Didn't we just interview Lewis Brinson and he yes. said that it was so freaking hot? He played a doubleheader there, uh, the seven-game doubleheaders in June. And, and he was like, you want me to go back in? All right, coach. Yeah. And Danny was so offended because he was like, I don't know if I could say Bush Stadium's a great stadium because it's so freaking hot. And Danny was like, come on. It's tough. It kills me because it is so hot. It's, you know, it's like, it's like the Rangers, you know, it's so freaking hot in Arlington, but like, you know, it is what it is. We can't control the weather, but we can control the experience you have in that stadium. And it is first class. I swear to you guys, if you sit next to anybody, if you are a visiting fan from any of the other 29 teams and you come to that ballpark, the person next to you will be super cool, buy you a beer, talk baseball with you. Like they might even cheer on your favorite player with you. And then if they win, cool. If not, cool. Like that's just, that's a, that's a Cardinals fan. Like just good humans. They're good people. And the view of the arch is spectacular. It's one of the best views in in the sport for sure. Well, Colin's a big Nelly St. Lunatics guy. So, I mean, I could see him changing his ball cap here in a few minutes. There we go. (laughs) Come on. Nelly's all you need. Like That's right. Come on. E-I, E-I, uh-oh. Hey, that's it. Sounds like the Cardinals fans, which I'd heard that before, but it sounds like the Cardinals fans are the uh, Clemson Tiger football fans. Uh, you come on down for a football game in Clemson, you tailgate with us, and uh, we'll we'll welcome you with open arms, even if you've got the opponent shirt on. So, I love that stuff. 
So, uh, Alexa, hey, you talked about Cam, um, Cal Ripken breaking the record. I remember watching the game on TV live with my dad, and that's just an iconic moment in my mind and just my baseball memory. So I'm glad that you you shared that story. That's incredible that you were actually there. That's 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 awesome. My number one park is AT&T Park. Recently uh, became Oracle Park, the San Francisco Giants ballpark. Hands down, no doubt about it, best atmosphere that I've ever been at for a baseball game. It was a regular season game. It was June. It was Giants-Padres, and it was slammed. I mean, it was absolutely packed to capacity. Uh, you got that nice, cool breeze off the, the the Pacific Ocean right there. We were in the nosebleeds that night, right behind the stadium, and or excuse me, right behind home plate, and it was still slammed up there. Everybody was into the game. It was incredible. Great view of McCovey Cove up there in the nosebleeds. Just everything from pregame, the the atmosphere around the stadium. I felt like I saw more Giants gear at just walking around town that day than I had ever seen at any of the other ballparks that I've been to just the level of excitement in, in that stadium was, was incredible. So coming in at number one for me is Oracle park still tend to say AT&T park all the time. All right. Hey, did Alexa and Danny with, with based on our picks, did anything uh, surprise you guys considering y'all been at all the ballparks, anything that, that we said just kind of, strike you as odd maybe the Tropicana field pick I honestly like I would back that up um I think that Trop might be in my top 10 to be no. honest I think the Trop is kind of cool like I I don't I don't love it every second but I do think that there's something cool about it um and again Alexa and I were talking about this like it's kind of the experience that you have there like yeah. it might be a weird park it might be like be funky lighting like hospital lighting but the experience that you have there the players that are there right now like I would pay good money to watch the Rays right now I think a lot of people would and and that's something that they've wanted for a really long time I, I'm not mad at the trough yeah, to be honest, I can't hate on any picks because it really is about your experience that really molds your view of the ballpark. A lot of our parks are really cool, but if you don't have a good time there, it doesn't really matter. Agree, 100%. It's about that memory that you created there. Yep, I love it. Hey, let's do a quick review real quick, Christian. We're going to start with you, man. Your number one pick was Wrigley Field. Number two was Truist Park. Number three, Fenway. Number four, Dodger Stadium. And number five, Citizens Bank Park, home of the Phillies. Branch, your number one was also Fenway Park. Number two, Truist Park. Number three, Coors Field. Number four, Citizens Bank Park. And number five, Tropicana Field. Colin, your number one was also Fenway. Number two was Yankee Stadium. Number three was Truist Park. Number four is the Nats Park. And number five, Camden Yards. Alexa, your number one pick was Camden Yards. Number two, Fenway Park. Number three, City Field. Number four, Dodger Stadium. And number five, the Rogers Center up in Toronto. Danny, your number one pick was Bush Stadium, your home stadium. Number two, Fenway. Number three, Wrigley. Number four, Kauffman Stadium, home of the Royals. And number five, Marlins Park, an off-the-grid pick. I like that. And then my number one pick was Oracle Park, also AT&T Park, home of the Giants. Number two, Dodger Stadium. Number three, Wrigley Field. Number four, Truist Park. And number five, the Nats Park as well. 
Well, guys, as we close, just a big thanks to Alexa and Danny for joining us this evening. Don't forget to give them a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to their podcast. That's what she said with Danny. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Power Five Pod. We'd appreciate it also if you take 30 seconds and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcast. We'll be back next week ranking something. Until next time. Say goodnight, Kevin. <laughs>